Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church, one church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. We're going to begin a new series tonight called Everybody's Leading Somebody, all right? Everybody's leading somebody. And so we're going to look at some leadership principles uh, from the book of Proverbs. Um, so as you come tonight, listen, if, you, if this is your first time coming to a Wednesday night here at South Campus, uh, it's a little bit different in this regard, all right? I need your help. So don't, don't plan on just sitting there and being quiet. Um, I may have you read a passage of scripture, or I may throw out a question. We may brainstorm together. You know, it, it's a dialogue, much more of a dialogue here on Wednesday night than we do uh, other times when we get together for preaching and for teaching, okay? And so, and also, man, I appreciate Miles so much. Uh, Miles Carey filling in last Sunday for me, just did a fantastic job. Uh, it was really meaningful and it really meant a lot to me and my brother and my family to be there for my brother's ordination service there as an elder in this church. And so um, it was really cool, a lot of fun and uh, just thankful. You know, God's grace, man, I'm telling you. you when you think about your own life, I mean, uh, to come from a family never went to church. Like, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say if God was talked about in my house, it was often used as a cuss word. His name was used as a cuss word. It was, I mean, it's just, that's the house we grew up in, and praise God, uh, God saved all of us at this point from my birth family, um, and it's just amazing to think about, you know, just His grace um, as far as that goes, not only saving us, but then uh, calling my brother and me both uh, uh, into that position of church leadership, and so just, God's good, man. He's really good, and so I just thank the Lord for Him. So, hey, grab your copy of God's Word. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. What I want you to notice as we were planning and, 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 and preparing graphics for this, I want you to notice these faces. Do you know any of those folks? None of them, right? None of them. They're just regular people, all right? Some of them are kind of like, uh, you know, I like to get to know them, or other like, well, I don't know about that, you know, whatever, you know, as you look through there, right? But nevertheless, they're just regular people, just like you and me. And we got to get that in our brains tonight as we begin in this series here, okay? So let's check this out here for just a moment. The title of tonight's message is Influence. We're going to be in Proverbs eleven fourteen. is going to be our text. I want you to look at this name for a moment here, these names that are up here for just a moment. LeBron James, y'all know who he is, right? Perhaps the greatest basketball player on earth, right? Donald Trump, you know who he is, president for the next few days. Taylor Swift, singer, right? Kevin Hart, comedian. Sean Penn, uh, actor, activist. Lecrae, rapper. Uh, Stephen Colbert, comedian, talk show host. Lori Grenier, I think that's how you say her name. I may be saying that wrong. She's one of the sharks. Anybody like Shark Tank? I love that show. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Lindell, the, the MyPillow dude. Elon Musk, uh, you know, Tesla and all that stuff. Kim Kardashian, I don't really know what she's famous for other than being famous. Will came up with that one. That's all I got to say. Will came up with that one. Steve Jobs, you know, been with Apple and all that. Uh, Jane Fonda. <laughs> You're thinking of Sir Mix a lot right now, aren't you? <laughs> That's what I think about when I see Jay Fonda's name. But anyway, uh, Christy Noem, governor, that's right. Adolf Hitler, we know him, right? Nick Saban. 
Now, some might change one of those letters in his last name. I've heard people do that before to a T instead of a B, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide coach just won his seventh national championship. That's unreal. Six at Alabama in 12 years. Anyway, um, Bill Nye, the science guy. Joe Biden, our incoming president. Warren Buffett. Of course, you know Warren Buffett as far as that goes. Uh, he, he, owns, he owns my mama's business. I didn't, did y'all know that? Warren Buffett owns Through the Loom. Um, so he owns a lot of stuff. Billionaire, millionaire. Joe Rogan, kind of an influencer podcaster, um, if you're into MMA or anything like that, but also podcasting. So as you look at these names here, kind of a wide variety of names. If it's real, you gotta show I know what's causing that. I didn't mean to do that. That's, that's funny. That was good timing, though. When you think about all those names, what do they have in common? What are some things that you see? What are some commonalities that you see up there? People listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. There's part of that. A lot of money. Yes, they do. A lot of followers. That's right. People of influence. Anything else you'd say as you see his commonalities there? They all disagree with each other. They all do. That's true. That's true. They do. They do. So think about that list right there. You've got their names. You've got their faces in your brain. And then we go back to that list right there. And you say, well, what do they have in common with these people? And the thing that they have in common, just like Rant said, is that they are people influence as well. You see, I could have put your faces on here. I could put your names on here because the truth of the matter is is that we are all people of influence. We're all influencers. Tonight we're going to begin just a really practical series, again, called Everybody's Leading Somebody. The subtitle, again, Leadership Principles from Proverbs. And so whether you realize it or not, everybody's leading somebody. You are leading somebody. So it's really important for you to grow in that area then, right? Somebody's looking to you in some moment, at some point in your life. For your words, for your actions. And guys, that's a great responsibility, right? It really is. It's a great responsibility. You may not even ask for that. Right? Wasn't it Charles Barkley used to have the commercial? I'm not a role model, right? I mean, you know, some people kind of want to shove it off and say, no, no, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person who people look at as a leader and imitate me. They're going to do it anyway. Everybody is leading somebody. You've been given it. You've been given it. And here's the deal. You should not squander it. You shouldn't squander it. So we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs over the next few weeks. We're heading up to Easter here to give us some insight that will raise our leadership lid in one sense. All right? Now, this is stuff that I'm praying will be sort of universally applied for you. Like every hat that you wear, whether it's the mom hat, the dad hat, the, the employee hat, the boss hat, the, you, know, you just go on and on, Whatever, wherever you're at. I, I hope that these things will be things that you can take and can think about and apply to your life so that you as a leader across the board grow. And so tonight we're going to begin with the, phone, the, the most foundational truth about leadership, which is this. Leadership principle one here, and we'll have ten over the course of this, and it's this, is that good leaders understand that leadership is influence. Leadership is 
influence. Now, some folks, when they think about leadership, they confuse leadership with the ability to command people and to get a job done, right? We think, we think about the boss shouting orders. Yeah, you get over there, you know, <laughs> and everybody just running and doing what's, what they're being told and all that stuff. And that may be leadership or it may not be. It may not be. It may be fear that's driving them to get done what they're going to do, right? It may be that they're more driven instead of led. When you think about being led, you think of the leader who's out front and people behind. Where oftentimes when we think about that dictator or that commander, they're behind and people are out front. And God says, I want you to be a leader. I want you to be a leader. Leadership is just more subtle in that regard, right? Again, it's more out front. It's running and convincing people somehow to run with you, to run behind you. And you do that through your words sometimes, right? You're convincing people, like, come on, let's, let's, let's do this. But sometimes you just do it by your actions. I think about, when I think about running and people following, I think immediately Forrest Gump, right? Probably the greatest movie ever made. That and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right there, neck and neck, right? Good stuff. <laughs> and so I just think about Forrest, man, he just started running for no particular reason. You know, one day, started running, and before he was done running, he had a whole pack of people following behind him. He didn't use words. In fact, they, he turned around at the end, of, if you'll remember, he turned around and, and, and he's going to say something. Everybody quiet, because he hadn't said a thing the whole time he'd been running in that story from coast to coast. And so he didn't use words, but his actions drew people to him. And so whether you're a person of a lot of words or you're a person who's more of an action-oriented person, there's a magnetism about you, right? And God wants you to, God has made you, every one of you, to be an influencer. And he wants you to utilize what he's given you to take people places that honor him. All right? So, um, in one sense, as we look at the book of Proverbs, the entire book of Proverbs is a book about influence. All right? It really is. Over and over again, think about it. King Solomon compiled this. He wrote, he wrote some of it. He compiled some of it. Um, but he's seeking to influence others. Not to follow him, but to follow whom? God. Now, in, in, in the book of Proverbs, it, it's, it's usually... He doesn't usually say God. He usually personifies wisdom. So he's seeking them. He's calling them to follow wisdom over and over again. And so as he's doing that, he's influencing them. And, and sometimes he's rather passive. You know, when you read the book of Proverbs, it's kind of like, it's just a suggestion. You take it or leave it. It's kind of like, you know, it's not really in your face. It's like, here's some truth, and I encourage you to follow it. But other times, he's very, very direct. Like in Proverbs 1.8, Hear my son, my father's instruction, and forsake not your father's teaching. You almost hear a pleading there. And for those of you who have raised children, particularly into adulthood, you, you know what it is to go through a season where you, there's some begging and pleading, please listen to me, don't do this, be wise. See, mine are still young enough, and Zach's getting at that, don't tell him I said this. He's getting at the borderline where it's going to get tough here, right? I mean, he's bigger than me, and he's getting a mind of his own. His buddy's got driver's license and all this stuff. Uh, fortunately, he, he's, um, he, he's got another year until he's able to drive. But, um, but nevertheless, you know, 
Um, but I, I've had conversations with you. I know the seasons that you've went through raising those kids up, right, and went into adulthood. And there's been seasons when you had to be very aggressive, if you will, very um, active, very direct. Hear me, listen to me. You almost, I, I almost just see the, the dad with his arms on the, on the son's uh, shoulder saying, listen, son, and looking into his eyes. Or the mom pleading, please, please. Proverbs 5, 1, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. So you see this stuff all throughout the book of Proverbs, trying to influence us to wisdom, to godliness. So whether it's direct or, or more passive, over and over again, the Proverbs are aiming to influence people to follow wisdom. And so in that sense, the book of Proverbs itself is a demonstration of leadership. Leadership is influence, and influence is leadership. But if we're going to look for a particular verse from Proverbs to sort of hang our hat on and the fact that good leaders understand that leadership is influence, we would turn, I would turn to Proverbs eleven fourteen, Proverbs eleven fourteen, which says, somebody read that for us. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Read it loud and read it proud. Who would do that for us? So there's that word guidance. But the ESV translation says, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. In other words, influence matters, right? It, 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 it matters whether people stand or fall. It matters whether they're safe or in trouble. Now, again, as you know, influence is, is tougher than dictating, Right? Dictating, they will do what you say you're going to, what, what, what you tell them to do, all right? And oftentimes, um, they'll do it because they're afraid of you, right? Usually, you've got to put the fear of God in them, so to speak, right? Or the fear of you, actually, in them, all right? Influence is a different way, isn't it, right? You're, you're, you're trying to convince somebody to want to do what you're leading them toward. And if we don't do that, uh, you know, obviously, a synonym for guidance there is influence, and so if we're not doing that, if we're not providing influence, if we're not taking that seriously, what happens? Then people go fall. People go nowhere in life. And so with an abundance of counselors, it says here, or abundance of influence, there's, there's safety, there's goodness, it's, it's a good place. They're led to somewhere where God wants them. And this, guys, is what God wants to do through us with the people in our lives that we influence. Okay? So good leaders understand that leadership is influence. So we're going to look at sort of five truths that, that come along with this, all right, about influence as we think about it tonight. And the first one is this here, is that everybody has influence in some capacity. Everybody has influence in some capacity. In other words, everybody's a leader in some capacity. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, you might hear me say that and you think, oh, I don't know if that's true about me. But the truth is that unless you are in an isolation chamber by yourself, <laughs> which is a possibility in this time and season, right? I mean, that's kind of tempting, man. Put me in a chamber, airtight, pumping the oxygen, take out the car, you know, all that stuff. But nevertheless, you know, just get a true social distance here. But unless you're by yourself, truly, literally by yourself, then you are a leader in some capacity because you're influencing people around you. It might be in big ways. 
Like you're, you're teaching, and people are looking at you in, as a mentor. Like they're, they're, you're spending time with them, you're hanging out with them, you're growing, you're doing life together and all those things. Or it could be in small ways. It could be like simply through your facial expressions. Think about in the workplace for a moment. When you're in that meeting, and so-and-so says something, oh, uh, you know, um, Principal Barnum says something, and them teachers in the back going, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, even that eye roll for a moment is influence over the people, right? And so, guys, in big ways and in small ways, you're influencing people around you. Um, one of the reasons that we have trouble thinking about ourselves sometimes as a leader is because we've associated leadership with a position. So we think, well, I don't have a position. I don't have a title. So, um, so I, must be, I, I must not be a leader, right? So when you think about titles and leadership, what are some of the titles that we associate typically with leaders? What are some of those? What's president? Yeah. What else? Manager, supervisor, teacher. What's that? King. Doctor. General. Yeah. CEO, chairman. Do we say coach? I mean, we could come up with all these different titles, right? Now, each of those titles, think about it for a moment, it's actually built into their job description that they should be a leader, right? So positions are often connected to leadership, but leadership is not just about a position. Again, it's about influence. And so we've all been in that room before where the person with the title isn't wielding the influence. <laughs> we've all been there. Maybe, you, maybe you're that person. You know, you're like second chair, third chair, wherever you are in the pecking order, so to speak, of the titles, but you're carrying the room because you have the greater influence. People are looking to you and following you. And so position doesn't always mean the most influence. So I want to say this to you tonight. You don't have to have a position to be a leader in some capacity. In fact, even if you have a position, that doesn't mean that you're really the influencer there. Positions don't equal leadership. Influence does. So we got to think, we got to kind of rethink that, all right? As you look around you, who are the people that you influence not because you have a title? Who are some of those folks in your life? Let's name some names for a moment. Think this through. Not because you have a title necessarily at your job, but they do it because you are influencing them. Children. Your children, certainly. Who are some other folks? Siblings. Your siblings. Your, yeah, your parents. And that's the thing. Again, it goes both ways. It's a two-way street. You know, even though, even though some of us have children still in the home. Now, it's certainly true when we get older that our, our children influence us in some ways because it becomes more of a friendship in some way when you become an adult. But even though when they're still children, they still influence us, don't they, in the way they do things. Absolutely, yeah. Parents in their senior years. So we could go on and on as you think about names even in your own life of people. They're all around you. Your relational networks, your home, your job, all that. 
So, and God's giving you this great opportunity to influence them, to guide them so that they might be safe and that they might not fall, as our proverb says. But if leadership is simply influence, then that means this. Number two is that your influence is either positive or negative. Right? I mean, so if, 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 it's, if it's a responsibility, it is. It's a great responsibility because we can lead them to good things and we can lead them to bad things. You know, I can think in my own life, moments where I've, I've led poorly. I've led to bad places. Um, my wife, for instance, oftentimes is much more discerning in our home with like what we're watching on TV or maybe the song that's on the radio. You know, she's, just, she's more sensitive to that. Let's just be honest. She's, she's holier than I am, and I don't mean that in the condescending way at all. I, I really don't. I mean, in a lot of ways, Christy's just more, um, she's more sensitive in a good way toward those things. And so, you know, so, so we've all been there before where, we, where our influence is leading others uh, either toward good or to bad. Now, there's a lot of debate when you talk about leadership, whether or not Hitler, his name was on there a moment ago, whether, he, whether or not he was a leader. Was he? Well, the question is, did he influence anybody? And the answer is yes. But was his influence positive or negative? And clearly, very negative. So that means that he was a bad leader. You see, guys, listen. Good leaders, they aim to take people to a better place. Places, again, from our proverb here, where they don't fall. Where they are safe. Not just in the world, but we're talking about spiritually here as well. Right? Not just physically, not just in the world, but spiritually as well. And so good leaders aim to take people to a better place. And so here in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is that good leader. Listen to, actually, I'm going to pass this out here. Proverbs 1, 20 and 21. Who will read that one for us? And then I'm going to give another one here. I don't, I don't have it on the screen for you. So. All right, thanks, Mary. And then who will take Proverbs 9, 13 through 15? Proverbs 9, 13 through 15. Thank you. All right. So first here, listen to, to, to wisdom. That, that's basically what it's saying here. Wisdom's a good leader. Listen to wisdom. Proverbs 1, 20 and 21. And if you were going to read there, there's content to that speech. And it's basically like, don't be an idiot. (laughs) If you read it, it's kind of of what it's saying there. Don't be a fool. Let's go to a good place. Let's don't go to the bad place. Uh, There's a lot of time spent, especially in the beginning here, talking about sexual immorality. You know, then the, the, the foolishness of that. Let's don't go to that place. Wisdom cries aloud, follow me, I'll take you to a better place place. But on the other side of that is that bad leader in the book of Proverbs, and that's folly. And folly is crying aloud too, right? We often, you know, when we think about, um, you know, in, in popular, um, you know, culture as far as the angel and the demon on your shoulder in one sense, you know, do this, no, do that. Well, wisdom and folly here in the book of Proverbs kind of work in that way. One is calling you, and the other one's calling too. And you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice on what you're going to do but the truth of the matter is, is that you're one of those in somebody's life. You're one of those in somebody's life. Listen to what Folly says, Proverbs 9, 13 through 15. The woman Folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat in the 
pass by, to go straight on their way. And what's she calling out? She's calling them to destruction. She's calling them to come and to waste their life. She's calling them to a bad place, to a worse place. And so wisdom and folly are there. The question again is, which one will you be to somebody else? Will you be wisdom or will you be folly? Where will your influence take them? Your words matter. We've seen that, right? Uh, we've seen that from, from, from people, you know, again in the news. We've seen that in our own life. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie, right? Our words are really powerful. They're really powerful. The Bible says that in the tongue is life and death. We're able to build people up or we're able to destroy them. And your influence goes a long way. And you may be a person who... You were beat down, you were verbally abused, you were told you were worthless, you were told you couldn't do this or you weren't that, and, 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 and you know what it is to be influenced, to think, and to go to a bad place in your mind and in your heart, right? But you have an opportunity to be different, don't you? Your words matter. Not only that, again, your actions matter. Uh, actions speak louder than words, the old saying goes and so your kids are watching you and those that you're influencing your co-workers and all of that they're watching you and so not only do your words matter but probably your actions matter even more don't they because we can we can speak that we're one thing but our life's going to tell a different story isn't it all right our, our life is usually the truth of what we really are okay not our words. And so your words matter, your actions matter, your attitudes matter. And we've already said your body language, your facial expressions matter. All of these things influence people either positively or negatively. All of these things lead toward either wisdom or folly in someone else's life. I'm not going to ask, I'm asking this rhetorically. Think about those moments in your life where somebody used their influence to take you to a bad place. They encouraged you toward foolishness. Now think about the times now where people use their influence to take you to a good place, where they took you to wisdom, what is good and right and true. And so we've experienced that. And Jesus said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, right? So this is your opportunity you know what it's like to be led to the bad spot, right? So use your influence as you would want to, you wish that you didn't go there, right? That you hadn't been taken there. And so now you have the opportunity to lead toward wisdom, toward goodness. So that's the second thing to think about tonight is simply that, that your influence is, is either positive or negative, all right? Everybody's a leader. You're either a good leader or a bad leader. You're either leading toward wisdom or you're leading toward folly. If you want to be a good leader, though, good leaders, again, know that influence is what leadership is, and their influence, third, would be shaped by Scripture. Like, if you really want to lead somebody to that good place, guys, this has to be our authority, doesn't it? It's not Granny's uh, wisdom. <laughs> Granny said a lot of good things, no doubt. It's not the worldly wisdom around us, right? It's got to be founded on Scripture, right? It's not our gut. It's, it's, it really is Scripture, um, over and over again, incline your ear to my father's teaching, or to your father's teaching. It says over and over in the book of Proverbs. Well, who is our father? God. And this is his teaching. And so it really is incumbent upon all of us 
to know God's word, to be shaped like we talked about two Sundays ago. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind is what we talked about there in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, isn't it? And so guys, if you want to lead people to a better place, if you want your influence to be good, then you yourself have to be filled and your, your influence shaped by the word of God. Now right now you could probably make a list. These are the areas where my life is in step with the word of God. And those that I'm influencing are, in, are, are being influenced well. But you could also make a list. These are the areas where my life is out of step with the word of God. It is not conformed to the truth of God's word. And your influence is taking people to a bad place. And you might say, well, they don't even know that my life is not conformed in this area. They may not know it, but they're experiencing it. You know what I'm saying? They don't know it, but they're experiencing it because the truth of the matter is, is that your influence is active and passive, right? Simply by, by living around them, your influence is taking them somewhere, okay? So just keep that in mind. Even if they don't know it, even if it's that secret thing, it's still influencing them and shaping them. So your influence should be shaped by Scripture. If you're going to guide anybody, Scripture must be our authority. Fourth, we'd say this tonight about your influence, is that your influence is maximized by being intentional. By being intentional. In other words, it's not just going through life, right? We can influence people simply by, by just hanging out and being, being a Christ follower and all those things. But the question is, where are you taking them? You know, you're not just journeying together. You're, you're going somewhere. And so if you really want to maximize that influence on people, you've got to have an idea. And particularly as parents, right? Parents in particular, you want to know what you want your child to be when they leave the nest. You've got to begin with that end in mind, don't you? And then work back. You, you've, got, you've got an intentionality to make them, right? People simply being in the world influence. But how much better could your influence be if you know where you want to take them? Christy and I sat down. Um, it was after Christmas and before the New Year. We went on a little date night one night, one Sunday afternoon, and I guess it was on the 27th of December. And uh, we sat down, and we got a sheet of paper, and we basically um, did sort of a critique of each of our children. Here are their strengths. Here are their weaknesses. Um, and we listed them, and, and they all had some, every one of them. And every one was different as far as that goes. But we all, but she and I, we made goals for each child that year. And uh, we're, we're sitting down and we're talking with them about it and kind of leading them through it and helping them to see this is where mom and dad want to see you grow. And, and it gives us not just a, a, an idea of what we want them to be and what God wants them to be, but gives us an idea of where we need to take them and what we need to do to get there. And so we just need to do that in all aspects of our life, but particularly with those that you have direct influence over that you're really going to be held responsible for one day. You've got to be intentional about it because it goes by so quickly. The final thing I want to talk about tonight as we think about this, uh, this idea here of your influence here, leadership is influence. The final thing I want to think about tonight with you is that your influence can be grown or it can be blown. Your influence can be grown or your influence can be blown. All right, so we're going to brainstorm for a moment together here. I need your help. When we think about growing our influence... Um, 
what are ways that we can win people to our influence? What are things, what are some, some things that we can do that help people follow us better? What are some of those things? Let's just brainstorm together. Relationships. Yeah, relationships. So you're really, you're into the person. It's not just a project. Like you really do want to know them. And it's a, it's a friendship, it's a relationship, or, or that father-son, or, or mother-daughter, whatever relationship there. Yeah, definitely, relationships are key. What else would you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes it comes at the most, at the strangest times, doesn't it? Right? It's not, you know, it's not like you can just sit down and say, hey, we're going to have a listening session today. Sometimes it comes when you least expect it. April, in your experience, what have you found um, to come out of that when you, when, you really, when you really listen well? Absolutely, we do. Yeah, yeah, humility. Absolutely, and and the byproduct that is is not just from the listening and then is understanding. Like a person is much more likely to allow your influence into their life when they feel like they're understood, when they feel like they've been heard. You know, when they feel like you know you're not just putting up that barrier to them or that you're better than them or you know better that they really do um, have a voice with you and you understand where they're coming from. What else would you say? How you can grow your influence with folks? Give of yourself, how to serve them. Yeah, serve them. So it's not just about you, it's about them, you know. And that's one of the greatest ways, you know, to, to get people, um, people say, man, they like me. They want to know about me. They want to pour into me. And it's people like that, that that immediately, like, your heart grows for because, Again, they've shown you that love. And that's another thing I would say there is just love itself, kindness, love. Those are ways that we grow our influence. But also, I would throw this in there too, is that it takes a track record of knowledge and wisdom. You've shown that you're worthy in one sense of your influence to, to, to go into other people's lives, right? You've, you've sort of proven yourself in, in one sense. Now, for a lot of folks, you know, um, you know, particularly with our children, it, it's, you know, God just sort of put that in them, and, and, you know, to follow us, and, and, and uh, we don't really have to necessarily grow our influence with them, because, again, it's just how God's made children and parents. They naturally are inclined to that parental leadership in one sense, all right? But let's go to the other side of it, where it's not just grown, but it can also be blown, okay? So let's think here for a moment, what are ways that we can blow our influence. In other words, um, kill our influence with people. What are some of those things? Shannon? Okay. Yeah. 
So setting the standards too high can be one of those things that can blow your influence. Yeah. And why, why, why is that so problematic for folks sometimes? Well, I think in society today, probably most of us, I'm just guessing, but yeah. I think most of us probably want to give ourselves something better than we had. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, we do. So sometimes that pushes us to push them, you know, maybe a little bit too far. You know, we, we need to be able to give people wins in life, you know. Um, sometimes we do. We set the standard too high, um, and it's good to have high standards, but it's also good to be full of grace and mercy and understanding and all the things that come along with that to encourage uh, them along. Um, perfectionism itself, you know, is a uh, man. That is a, that's, a, that's a high burden or a heavy burden to bear for a child. Um, you know, it really wears on people. It wears people out. And what ends up happening a lot of times when we, when we, when we kind of lead uh, with a standard of perfection, um, we, we do two things. One, again, we make them feel like they're failures. But two, we often end up being hypocrites in front of them too because we we can't live up to those standards ourselves you know so just just keep that in mind what you think about what are some other ways that we can blow our influence with folks not being genuine, not being genuine. yeah and how does that hurt it okay yeah Sorry, it's essential that we admit when we make a mistake. Yeah. Because you can influence another person by admitting your own wrongs. Yeah, absolutely you can. Right, yeah. And it brings that accountability in, like you're saying, Rance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do, absolutely, yeah. Another way that we can blow our influence oftentimes, guys, is that, is that, we, um, is that we make likability a goal. Now think about that for a moment. We think sometimes that if I can just get them to really like me, then I'll really be able to, to lead them and influence them. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes they begin to think that you're a pushover and that your words don't really matter. You know, there, there's got to be a backbone to this, right? So again, as you're trying to influence people, sometimes you influence by saying, no, this is the standard. No, I told you to be home at whatever. Or, or no, I, I, need this, um, I need this project done by Friday. You know, so you, you have standards, um, and sometimes you've got to be the bad guy as far as that goes. You're the tough guy, whatever word you want to use there, right, to really uh, have influence. And what happens when you do that is that they say, he really means what he says, or she really means what she says. And all of a sudden, that influence begins to grow. Now, they may fuss and kick and fight and scream in the moment, and that's your employees I'm talking about, for those of you, <laughs> you know, but, but... In the end, 
your influence will grow. If you want to blow it, waffle on your standards. Waffle on your standards, and that'll really help help you lose that. Anything else that you guys would say help to blow that influence? Yeah, acting like you're always better than them. Absolutely, you got to get down on their level. You know, it's got, it's a team thing. We're in this as a team, um, and that kind of comes along with Yolanda the the idea of criticizing others. Um, every one of us in this room probably have a bent of either being the optimist or the pessimist. All right. Uh, ask my wife. She <laughs> the other day she came up with a new name for me, Ben Downer. That's what she said. I, I'm just that. I, it drives me nuts. It really drives her nuts, right? I, I, I'm the one who typically sees the reason we can't do it. I'm typically the person who sees what's wrong and needs to be fixed. I mean, that's just, you know, it's how it is, okay? And so one of the things that can really, I guess, drive folks away from time to time is that I can have a critical spirit, all right? And that critical spirit is hard on people, um, and it's not always that we think we're superior when that comes out. We're just like, hey, man, I'm messed up too, but that's, <laughs> you, you're really messed You know, it's one of those things like, you know, as far as it goes. So we just be careful of that, that critical spirit, criticizing others. Um, and then trying to fix people. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, that's something else, right? Yeah. Sure, Absolutely. The final thing I throw out to you is that, is that if you think about yourself, you know, the idea of a leader, a good leader, is that they pour into other people, that, that you take them to a better place. And if you're only thinking about yourself and, and kind of using folks to get where you want to go instead of taking them along with you, uh, you can do that. But here's the good news, guys. We've all been there before where we've blown influence. We've messed up. And it comes back to what you all were saying there a moment ago is that how do we regain it? We regain it by being genuine and saying we're sorry, asking for forgiveness, and all those things. Um, a, a, a good leader is not one who never makes mistakes. It's, it's the one who owns the mistakes, who's accountable, and, uh, and handles those things in an appropriate way to say, I'm sorry, forgive me, that was wrong. Uh, all the things that need to happen to carry forward with that. So, guys, leadership is influence. And the people that are around you where is your influence taking them? Here's my final prayer tonight. May you be a person of great influence, leading as many as the Lord gives you towards stability and safety, that they would not fall and that they would have victory in their life. God wants to use you to do that as you grow as a leader because everybody's leading somebody. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, 
The straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus to be your Savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live, and He stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that He is indeed the Savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what He has earned, which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and follow him until the day you die. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, Jesus is ready to make this trade with you. And I pray that you would trust in Jesus and be saved. Thank you again for connecting with us, and I hope to see you soon at Eastwood Baptist Church.